I'm your host, Annie Bowles, and this is News Du Jour. Welcome to News Du Jour. You may be wondering why am I, Annie Bowles, here hosting this podcast. I usually start by telling people I'm a political baby. You see, my parents met working on Capitol Hill. By the time I was two, I had been in my first political commercial and even got lost crawling around the West Wing. Don't worry, Al Gore found me. My family then moved abroad when I was nine, and I attended an international school in Brussels with kids from all over the world. And it is that type of global perspective that I also bring to our show. I graduated from American University in D.C. after studying political science and art history, as well as interning on both sides of Capitol Hill. I even interned down the hall from where my parents met. I am now pursuing a professional certificate in journalism at NYU in conjunction with Rolling Stone magazine. I guess I was always that friend in the group who cared deeply about not just what was going on politically, but also globally. I often kept my own friends informed, even through high school into young adulthood. So I guess I've always done a version of this show. I am genuinely passionate about following the news, and I'm here to break it down for you every weekday. We strive to be a calmer space to get your news, or as one listener put it, like getting your news from a well-informed bestie. I'm so glad you're here. So I mentioned this at the top of yesterday's episode as well, but our agency is merging with SiriusXM, which means News Du Jour is going to be part of the SiriusXM family of podcasts. I am so excited, but this switch will require some migration for our show's hosting. So bear with us. There may be some slight interruptions in our posting schedule. Basically, what we are looking at is switching or canceling Thursday, Friday's episodes for this week. And this is actually good timing in the sense of I'm going to be out of town anyway, but that happens to be the days where the migration will fall. So it kind of worked out perfectly. What I'm going to do is if there's any important breaking news stories during that time, I will be sure to post about them on our social media. So make sure you're following us on Instagram. It's at newsdujour.podcast and Instagram stories is where I would share that. Also, if any major news stories break, our patrons, of course, will get their breaking news alerts to their phone to let them know what exactly is going down. So if you'd like to be a patron of our show, it is $7.99 a month and you get things like breaking news text messages and there's bonus episodes already uploaded there in a cookbook and lots of fun stuff that you guys can dive into right away. The link is always in our show notes. 
And without further ado, we will get into today's episode. So I have three mini stories for you guys, and then we're just going to touch on two longer stories today. Let's get into it. So first and foremost, I want to let you guys know that Alex Jones, the conspiracy theorist who was convicted of defaming the vi- the families of the victims of Sandy Hook school shooting, was just allowed back on the platform called X, which was, you know, formerly known as Twitter. I venture to say this will probably not help that platform's reputation of facilitating fake news and misinformation, which has driven advertisers away from the platform and cost the company millions. For our second mini story, Donald Trump has decided not to take the stand this week as he had been scheduled to for a second time in his New York civil fraud case. This brings the court proceedings in this case to a close. As a reminder, Letitia James is asking that Trump and his family be fined $250 million and be barred from practicing business in the state of New York indefinitely. We'll definitely keep you guys posted on this sentencing, although Trump is very likely to appeal whatever the judge comes back with. And for our last mini story today, President Zelensky of Ukraine is visiting Washington, D.C. today in a lobbying effort, of course, on behalf of his war-torn country. Guys, he needs billions of dollars more in aid to help fight the Russians, and Republicans are holding that aid up and sort of tying it to efforts to secure the U.S.-Mexico border. They're basically holding the aid hostage, saying, until we have some more security for the border, we will not approve this aid. So it is kind of a standoff right now, and we're going to see how President Biden might be able to work with both sides and get something passed. So that is it for mini stories today. For our first longer story, we're going to take a look at one particular abortion case in Texas that has pretty much been a Lucy with the football kind of moment. So this may be one of the more bizarre and maddening abortion cases I've ever heard of. So there was sort of this back and forth, Lucy in the football, bait and switch kind of situation for a young woman seeking an emergency abortion in the state of Texas. You see, this woman, whose name is Kate Cox, desperately wants to have children, you guys. She wants to be a mom, but she is pregnant with a child currently who will not live. They have a severe anomaly that will not allow survival after birth. But if Kate goes through with the pregnancy to term, she risks losing her ability to bear children in the future. So Kate went through the process of applying for and asking the Texas court system for an emergency abortion in order to protect her fertility in an ability to create life that will live. The judge granted her request for an abortion. Okay, cool. So she's going to get one. She's going to be able to preserve her reproductive abilities. But then a higher court, the Supreme Court of Texas, weighed in and said it wanted to have a say in this matter. So it is currently reviewing Kate's case and putting the decision on hold. Meanwhile, Kate is still pregnant and past the 20-week mark. 
Each minute that ticks on, she comes closer and closer to losing her ability to bear children in the future. Abortion advocates are pointing to this case as a perfect example of why women should not have to ask for permission like school children to protect their reproductive health. Kate wants a living child, and if the court takes much longer on this, she might not get to have one of her own, and there is nothing pro-life about that. And for our second longer story today, we are going to be diving into a much longer story about Iran's Nobel Prize winner. So you guys know my Roman Empire is definitely the woman life freedom movement of Iran and essentially helping to champion this cause that feels so impossible at times. And that is why I think I sit around thinking about it so often is just like, how will this eventually shake loose? I feel that the universe rights wrongs and that karma is real and that this is going to basically resolve itself at some point in the future, but it is so hard to see the light or see the way out right now. But there is a woman sitting in Evan prison in Iran right now who is simultaneously winning one of the world's most prestigious awards, the Nobel Peace Prize. Her 17-year-old twin son and daughter make their way onto the hallowed Oslo stage dressed all in black. Kiana, her daughter, solemnly read her mother's words to the world. They were originally written in Farsi's, translated to French, and then we're going to go ahead and translate them further into English, at least parts of it. Quote, I write this message from behind the tall and cold walls of a prison. At the age of nine, I heard my mother's cries of mourning after the execution of her niece, a university student, and my grandmother's lamentations because her son had been tortured. My childhood dreams were cruelly shattered. At that time, I had no understanding of concepts of execution and torture. In the 1980s, no one heard these stories or the voices of those mothers who were pleading for justice. It was the decade of the executions, torture, rape, and assaults in prisons. Crimes of the policymakers and enforcers, which was Ibrahim Rasi, the current president of the Islamic Republic of Iran. No one was hearing then because authoritarianism was cloaked in the mantle of religion, imposing widespread suppression, poverty, and unbridled misery on Iran, end quote. She went on to advocate for the freedom of the Iranian people, especially women, from ditching hijabs to getting their education. Narges made it clear that women in Iran are not free to make simple choices for themselves, which sadly the world already knows but seems to kind of tolerate. Narges Mohammadi is a hero. She has dedicated her life to bringing freedom to the women of her country, and it has come at a price. She has been separated from her children since 2015. They have been unable to even speak to her for the past two years. 
According to the Nobel Prize Committee's statement on the award, Nargis has been arrested 13 times, denied her career as a physicist and an engineer, sentenced to 10 years in prison and 153 lashes simply for protesting the death penalty in Iran. But she continued to organize women from within the walls of Evan Prison. She used her time and her talents to map out blueprints for protests, hunger strikes, and creating slogans and holding leadership roles of this movement, all while serving a prison sentence. Her only crime, like I said, had been advocating against the death penalty and that women not have to wear hijab and that they're able to play sports and dance and move freely around their own country. In an interview with Time magazine, Narges said, quote, When I heard I had received the Nobel Peace Prize, the name Masha Jana Amini emerged from the depths of my being. This movement is adorned with her beautiful name, and I dedicate this award to her, end quote. If you guys remember, in case you are new to this subject, Masha Amini was the woman whose death kicked off the most recent wave of the woman life freedom movement. So that is why she's dedicating this award to her, because this is someone who truly gave her life to start this movement in Iran. The letter from the Nobel Prize Committee ended with, quote, In Iran, women have been fighting against segregation for more than 30 years. Eventually, their dream of a brighter future will prevail. End quote. Yes, it will. And until then, we will continue advocating alongside you in any way we can. If you haven't listened to our bonus episode on the subject of Iran interviewing Elika Laban, I highly encourage you to listen to it today. You can find it in our feed by scrolling down about a year, a year's worth of episodes or simply by searching in the search bar. Just type in news du jour and then Elika and that's spelled E-L-I-C-A. And that is the news du jour. Today, I wanted to leave you guys with the quote, Zan Zendegi Azadi, Woman, Life, Freedom. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe on whatever podcast platform you use to listen. A rate and review on that platform or a shout out on social media would mean the world to us and help us to be able to keep creating the news du jour and reach more people who need a calmer space to consume the news. But the best way to support all of our work is to become a patron at www.patreon.com forward slash sugar free media and that is also linked in our show notes you can follow us on social media at news du jour dot podcast on both instagram and tiktok you can follow my personal account at it's annie bowls on both platforms as well any little noises you may hear in the background are my rescue pup he has a little separation anxiety and always records with me We appreciate you listening and look forward to telling you about the news again next time on News Du Jour. Broadcasting from...